You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to God's Word. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Well, hey, gals, welcome to The Devoted Podcast. We're really excited about today. And you heard me say we, because guess what? I'm not by myself, and I always love it when I get to... (laughs) not talk to myself. So today I am joined by some amazing guests, friends, pastor's wives, actually. So I am just loving this. And when I tell you what we're going to talk about, then you gals can decide if you're also excited with me. But we're all smiling in this room. So gals, today we're going to talk about submission. We're going to talk about what it is biblically. We're going to talk about why we do this. We're going to reference some scripture for sure. And we're going to give lots of um, hows in what this looks like. And it's going to sound different for each of us that are in on this podcast today. We're going to have different experiences, and we're all married to very unique individuals, and so it's going to sound different. So I love this opportunity because I think you gals, maybe you'll hear something that clicks for you in your marriage, or maybe you'll hear something that seems different. But again, we're all different, but the Lord knew that and didn't give different rules for certain things. He actually says in Ephesians, wives submit to your own husband. So we'll just start with that scripture right there, because that's where we're going. That is the truth of God's word. Whether we like that or not, that doesn't really matter. It is the truth of the word. And I actually think it's a huge blessing. So give this a listen before you freak out on the term submission. So before we get going, I want to just let these gals introduce themselves to you. I We have Becca, Jessica, Paul, and also Amber Carter joining us today. So if you gals would just go around, Becca, I'll start with you. Tell us who you're married. Becca, has been on the podcast before. So give us a refresher. I'm still happily married to David. And we have uh, one daughter who is 12, almost 13. And we are a one and done family. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There we go. Jessica. Um, My name is Jessica Paul, and I am married to Darius, who is one of the pastors at Athey. We have two little girls. Eliora will be turning six this month. Right, we're in January. Yes, this month she'll be turning six. Eden is three, and Darius and I have been married now ten years in August. So we're getting to that ten-year mark. That's a good point, Becca. How long have you and David been married? David and I have been married almost seventeen years. Okay, she was doing some math. I was there. having to do okay. math. 16, 17, <laughs> 10 years. Okay, Amber. I'm Amber Carter. I'm married to Pastor Gabe. We've been married for almost twenty years. It's going to be our twenty-year anniversary nice. this summer. It's crazy. I'm not that old. We got married young, okay? (laughs) But uh, we have five kids. Our oldest is 15. She just turned 15. And then we have, so she's a girl, uh, Jada. And then we have three boys, 12, 10, and 7. And then our youngest is five. So we have five kiddos. I like, it's a little, I'm tired. Like how? (laughs) That's amazing. And you always have so much energy. Oh, thanks. They're great Um, kids. Well, in case you're brand new to the podcast, my husband's name is Chris, and we have been married for 26 years in August. Is that right? Yeah. So 25 going on 26. You can decide where you went. I have three boys, youngest from 16 all the way up to almost 21. So that makes me sound older than I am. I'm not old. Come on. No. So kind of some different where we're at in marriage. We've got different ages of kids, different spaces of life. But like we started this podcast, I love to be reminded of what scripture says about this topic. And it says that wise we are to submit. So let's just start there on why do we do this? Do you, what, what scriptures pop out to you gals when we talk about this? 
Exactly that one, Ephesians 5, 5, 22 to 23, really. But it says, wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. So that for me right there is as to the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's like my reminder that when I submit to my husband, I'm doing it unto the Lord. Like that's the big picture right there, right? I see my husband, Darius, but behind him, I see the Lord and I'm doing this for the Lord, to the Lord. That's such an important point because sometimes we miss that. We miss, we think that we're doing it for our husbands. Well, there's a part of it. There's a blessing within that, but that's not actually who we do this for. And the, also within that scripture that you just read in verse 23, it says, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. Got to keep that in mind when we're talking about submission, when we're talking about marriage. It is so much more than just our roles. It is about this picture, this amazing picture of as Christ as head of the church, that he then says that marriage is a model of that. So we don't really want to mess with that. And I mean, I think the world just kind of makes us freak out by that word submit. So the moment we see it, it's like, ah, and then you don't read the rest. You're like, wait, submit. What does that mean? How do I do it? Where do I go? Like, But as that picture, as you were saying, I just remember at the beginning of our marriage, Darius would speak at some youth events, you know, and I don't remember exactly the topic that he was talking on, but he was talking about just men leading your families and being godly men. And he gave this picture that I had never forgotten since he mentioned it. And it was exactly this, just that Christ is the head of man. And the picture that he gave, so I'm a very visual person, right? So this really helped me when I heard it because we were all in a youth setting. He was saying that the man is holding an umbrella. And the umbrella, the rod that he's holding is the word. And then the umbrella itself is the Lord. So Christ is his head covering the man as the man is holding the rod, which is the Bible and, you know, reading the word. And then under his other free arm is his wife. And then it's his kids. So you kind of see this picture of how the man holding that umbrella and letting Christ be his head, he's already covering his whole family with the word and with the Lord in all things. And I had never forgotten that. So anytime I think of submission, I just picture that umbrella. I picture the husband holding the rod and the Lord being his covering, and then he's taking his family in and covering him. And I know that every situation is different. There are women who don't have husbands, or if you're single, you're not yet married. But it's like, then who's holding that rod? You are. The woman, you are reading the word and you are, you're letting the Lord be your covering. But then there's also like the elders in the church who can also be your covering. And we can go back into that. But that's just that picture I see when I see that word submit. The first thing I see is that umbrella. I see my husband holding the umbrella with my kids underneath me underneath and we're all covered. I love that because I think we do need to dispel some cultural pictures that are given about the word submit. I mean, it's just, it is a not popular word, I guess, in the world, but I think biblically understood, it's that picture right there. It's covering, it's kind of like burden releasing, right? There's things that we don't actually have to carry, we don't have to worry about, that is a gift because of the biblical model that we have there for submission. I love how Pastor Brett always gives the scenario of us submitting ourselves to the roof of the building, especially on our nasty Oregon rainy days. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, it's cold and it's drizzly out there. I am very much okay with submitting myself to the roof to cover my head. And so I just love that there's that picture, but that's that same blessing we get when we choose to submit ourselves and our will to our husband, but most importantly to the Lord. Because when you don't, you do. You step out. And you get soaked. Yeah. And it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun when you step outside of that. Amber, how about you? What are some of the whys that pop out to you? 
Well, in Revelation 4.11, it tells us why we were created in the first place, right? It says, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and are, were created. And so we were created to give glory to God. And how do we do that? It's by loving Him and obeying Him. In John 14.21, it says, Those who love me obey my commands. So we are honoring God by respecting our husbands. He also tells us to consider others above ourselves. Themselves, like in Philippians 2, 3 through 5, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but to each of you, to the interest of others. And so our marriage relationship is the most important relationship we have with another human. And so we should be submitting ourselves to others, honoring them above ourselves, but especially to our husband. There is so many good whys with this. And and I really do challenge if you're listening to this and you're bristling maybe at hearing some of this. And sometimes you you can read one of these scriptures that that Amber just said and that right there could pause you for a while. Consider others above yourself. I mean, that can extend to anything, but especially in the context of your marriage and we could talk really practical about how you can do that in your household and how you can honor him in whatever the things that you're doing. And like we said, we'll look different in every house, but that's something to really kind of even pause on and how we can do that. So we could spend tons more time on the why. I think it's really important to see this. There's one other issue that I wanted to look at before we just kind of dig into some practical stuff, but the term submission, and, and Becca, we talked about this before we came on, was that submission in itself is a very biblical idea. There's lots of different examples that I was kind of like mulling over of like who submitted themselves like as, you know, biblical examples. And one of the ones that stuck out right away was Mary submission. You know, the angel comes to her and gives her this, that would be some big revelation, you know, like that, that that's going to take a little bit to swallow. But I love her response. And she just says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And if that could be our heart on those. And then Jesus' submission to his Father's will, you know, there he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, you know, if this could pass from me, but if not, okay, I'm in it. And then the other one that stuck out is just the submission to authority. Like Romans 13, 1 tells us, you know, that we are to let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. And I know that can be a hot topic, especially in today's day of age, but it's just, it says that for there is no authority except that which God has established. And even here with whether it's marriage or whether it's our own walk with the Lord, God is the one who's established the way things are set up. And he is the one that created us. He knows how this works best. We should trust his process and because he's only doing it so that we can be more like him. I like what you said about, for me, the ultimate submission like that popped out was Jesus submitting to the Father and going to the cross. And boy, are we thankful for that. You know, that submission right there, you know, in John 6, 38, he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So like that right there is the ultimate submission just shown before us of just going to the cross. I mean, those are some great scriptures if you like, you know, if your tendency is to just balk at submission, carte blanche and go, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Man, you got to pause because Jesus himself was submissive to the Father. And it is funny because we put ourselves in a thing once we bring it down into the practical and be like, well, but I know better. Well, 
Jesus, he was God. He knew everything, right? So we cannot put ourselves to that standard. So, but we have a tendency to put ourselves maybe ahead of where we should be. And that's where I just think that even the word submission, yes, it does mean to come under the authority of something. And authority is not a bad word either. You know, we've talked about that on the podcast. We talk about that over and over because several of these scriptures, like you mentioned in John, you will know your love by your obedience. Do you obey? Do you listen to my commandments? Are you actually going to do what we're talking about in the Word? So, okay, so there's some good premise on wise. And I will just say, gals, we'll put all these scriptures in the podcast notes so you can go and look them up. And I really encourage you to do that because it's not us. You just got to look at the Word and see what the Lord is saying. But now let's like talk about, let's kind of shift into just how does this look? Because it can be very Christianese to make it sound like, oh, that's just this beautiful, dialed Christian gal that is just perfectly submissive in every way. And let me just tell you, if you're listening and you think that the four of us in this room have just nailed submission at all times, and that would be completely inaccurate. I will even, I'll go first on this with a little bit of just even your progression of where you come in your time with the Lord. My husband and I have been talking about what was 19, 20-year-old Amy like versus highly 40-plus. It is very different. The Lord graciously, He is sanctifying us. He is working on us. And there are things that have been cut out. There's been things that I've gone, wow, I don't want to have that attitude that I had back then. Or And I'm not there yet. We're never going to be because we're uh, that clumsy sin nature is always just going to kind of be throwing things at us. But it's, are we striving against that flesh? That's the thing. So don't feel like you should be striving for some kind of perfection in submission, but you should be striving against the sin and your own flesh in this. So yeah, when I first got married, I don't even think I really knew exactly how that house should look. It was hard. And especially when you, you know, I had my parents were godly Christian parents. And so, but it's still even different from what your parents viewed it as too, as you grow and learn with the Lord. So it's different. They lived a completely different life than what we're living now. Here where you're at too, you know, if you're a brand new Christian and all this stuff is just new to you, understand that it will look and seem different to you at first. But the cool thing is, is that as you obey what the Lord is asking you to do, oh man, so much blessing over and over. So what else? Give me some hows. You may not see that blessing in the moment either, but you may see it down the road when you look back at a situation. So it just kind of reminds me of when Darius and I first got married, our first year of marriage, we were looking for a house. So here's a little story. When we were looking for a house and Darius, before he became a pastor, he loved the word and would teach it. So that's when we would go to these youth events and he would just speak to kiddos, not kiddos, youth. But our first year of marriage, he is an electrician in construction. That was his thing right? So I'm learning to trust him in these things because I don't know anything about being an electrician or construction or anything. First year of marriage, we are looking for our home, our first home to purchase. And we come across this property and this house and the house was a fixer upper. I mean, when I first saw this house, Darius's eyes lit up. Like he was so excited to like the potential this house had, right? But I have like no Joanna Gaines in me when it comes (laughs) to like trying to 
fix that fixer upper, right? So to me, that was a fearful, like purchasing a house is already scary enough. And now you're doing it with a fixer upper where I'm like, I don't know what to do. I like, I, you want, I can't live in that. Like it needs to be fixed. So we were going to see the house again before we made a decision. And because of our work schedules, Darius went earlier in the day because he was working evenings that night. And then I had to go after work. So we were going with our realtor at different times. And when I went with our realtor to check out the house one more time, you know, the realtor was just walking around with me and he could just kind of sense that I was like, oh man. And he looks at me and he says, if you decide to go through with this purchase, you must really love your husband. You know, and I was like, I do. You know, I was like first year of marriage. I was like, yeah, of course I do, you know, and then went home. But in my heart, I was fearful, like very fearful. And the only thing I knew how to do at that time, because I wanted to, you know, still first year of marriage. I don't want to be that wife that's like, no, you know, or just negative or who knows what. So I just took my time and I prayed. And so in my heart, that fear of purchasing this home, I was like, I don't know, Lord, like the only thing I knew how to do was pray in that moment. All I did was pray, Lord, give me the peace to purchase the home. Or if it really is not for us to do, help Darius realize that. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't for me to try to change his heart and his mind on this. It was for the Lord. And so that looking back now, I'm like, yes, I did love my husband. I did. I do love my husband. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, I'm, I'm seeing the bigger picture now where I just trusted the Lord. And I see that the Lord will cover you in whatever situation you're in. When you go before him, even when you're submitting to your husband and a decision you guys are making or whatever it may be, he will cover you guys, especially if you're going before prayer and asking, Lord, help us, guide us. I think that's the first thing of just prayer, going with your husband and praying together, but also separately as a wife, just praying, Lord, help me to submit in this, whatever the scenario may be, or if it's not your will, help us realize that. It's like that Old Testament example of Sarah and Abram. I mean, I love that one because gals, if you're not familiar with that story, that is Abram really being dumb. I mean, fearful. Totally. Yeah. He was being fearful. He was not doing really what the Lord was asking him at all. And what happens, I'm not, we won't go into the whole story. Go read Genesis. We'll we'll put it in the notes so you can look it up. But that is an example of that husband that wasn't really doing the right thing. The wife chose, Sarah chose to submit to what he was doing and the Lord blesses. The Lord covers, the Lord protects her. That's kind of amazing. And the Lord definitely blessed it. We've been living in that house. It's beautiful. I love it. He did such a great job. I feel like I should throw that in there. Like <laughs> he did great with it, you know. So I'm I'm happy that I prayed and I trusted his just knowing my husband, getting to know my husband more and what he was capable of doing. And he did. He fixed up the home for us and we've been living in it and it's been amazing. Okay, well, just going on to the house. I've got bullet points here, but I'm going to start with the first one. Okay, so it would be to prioritize your marriage relationship over other relationships, including friendships and kids. Yes, those relationships are very important, but I would say making your marriage relationship your highest priority relationship-wise is key. So like Gabe is my best friend. I love spending time with him. The more time you put into something, the more you're going to enjoy it as well. So if you find that you don't have a lot in common with your husband or it's just not as fun, just make an effort to spend more time with him. For example, in Matthew 6, 21, it says, for your treasure is, your heart will be also. If you spend time with him, you will grow more in love with him. But if you're investing in other things and other hobbies, again, other hobbies are fine. I'm just saying make your husband a high priority. Your heart will be more inclined to whatever you're spending time in. Be interested in what he's interested in. So we watch a lot of YouTube videos on woodworking. 
You know, <laughs> I mean, for example, I mean, when we first watched them, I would just kind of stare and it seemed a little boring. I was watching these bearded men sanding <laughs> flat pieces of wood for hours. And I was kind of like, what is this? But now I know they're the YouTubers names. I have my favorite guys that we watch and I can ask him questions like, hey, why is he using that tool? Or, oh, did he finish that playhouse for his kid? And we can have a conversation and I'm interested in what he's interested in, you know, and I think that's so important to, to care about what your husband cares about. And sometimes that takes effort. If yeah. you aren't naturally into woodworking or I, I don't know, whatever else, fishing, whatever they're into that you may not care about, just be interested in it, yeah. make yeah. an effort in that. And that comes to actually another podcast that we're doing on, because that can actually show respect to your husband too. We are getting outside of the submission thing a little bit, but that yeah. that is true, that it shows respect and preference, I guess, in that way. But even with the things you're talking about with time and relationships, I think there is an element of submission within that because you are choosing still it, I, and maybe Philippians just set that really kind of a nice foundation there for that because it's preferring someone else in that way. And you're making your time actually not really your own so much. So there's a whole lot of this you're going to notice. It's like, well, yeah, because the world wants to say, but what about me? What about my time? What about, and I, I don't know a gentle way to say this, so I just won't say it gently. It's just not about your time. It's just not about you. And I can't push against modern psychology and Instagram mantras more strongly than I can just to say that all of these things that tell you that it must be all about you and how you want to spend your time and how you are you interested in that YouTube. And if you're not, then you shouldn't be doing that. No, that is all wrong. We need to change which one makes us kind of curl up on the inside towards like, yikes, that is where we need to stay away from and instead towards our husbands. Yeah. So in that way, you're respecting your husband, submitting to him by honoring what he wants to do instead of what you want to do. One of my points that I have over here is allowing your husband to lead. So I think that as women, we are planners and we like to plan ahead. And sometimes in doing so, we are not allowing our husbands to lead because we are wanting to kind of like move things along quickly. But it's just learning to pump those brakes. And okay, even though we're planners and we're talking about a certain thing, just waiting on your husband to really make a decision and lead. And that's one way you could be submitting to your husband is just allowing him that time that he may need to be able to lead. That's so good. And I am so bad at that. <laughs> I, you know, it just in my mind so many times I think like, oh, no, if I don't get an answer to this now, I can't do this next thing. I can't do this next thing. But again, maybe that's not the timing we're supposed to be uh, allowing them to even make decisions within their time frame and not ours. Yeah. And then who knows what happens in that time frame? Maybe you might have a change of heart on certain things, or maybe the Lord will work in both of your guys' hearts with whatever it may be you guys are waiting to decide on. Or that was just one thing that really stuck out where I'm like, Jessica needs to pump the brakes because sometimes I'm a planner <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but we, we need to make a decision, you know? And it's just listening to him when he says, okay, well, let's wait a minute and let's, you know, let's do this or that or whatever it may be. And just trusting that time of wait. Because again, we live in a society where it's like, everything's fast, make a decision yesterday kind of thing. But it's like, we have to be patient and we have to, as women, just kind of slow it down sometimes. I love that example. I have a good friend that when she was dating her husband, 
they dated for a long time. And she had so many other friends around her constantly saying, you need to put the action into place. Tell him you want to get married. Tell him, you know, these different things. And she just kept saying, nope, I think I'm supposed to wait. I think I'm supposed to wait. Like, I feel like the Lord's doing. And she was able through that time to then prepare her heart to be able to see how her then, you know, future husband, how he's a long processor and how that has now saved them in their marriage as they've gone through things. She knows if they've got a big decision that she's going to go, okay, we're going to be here for a while, you know? And so for her to be able to, so she used that season to get to know him so that it's easier now for her to go, okay, I just know this is going to be a longer process and it allows her to be more prayerful. I think it's just such an example for me. I think there's, I was raised to be a strong woman, you know, and like I could do it and I can do those things and I don't need to move. I can move the furniture myself. I don't need to wait for my husband, <laughs> you know? yeah. but realizing like, no, that's just silly. Like I can wait and have him help me. And the blessing that then gives your husband by when you submit to him and allow him to lead and how to him to just to be in that position, there's just such a sweet blessing, not only for your husband, but then also for yourself. And is it's something that I love that the way that the Lord gave us that model of marriage for our relationship with the Lord as well. And it's like, as we go through life and we have our walk with the Lord, if the Lord leads us into marriage, then it's one more way that He kind of reveals Himself and this like mm-hmm. just really great thing. And and then even for those of us who have been able to be moms, then again, you see a new different part of like your relationship with the Lord. And when we keep it in mind that all of this is all about the Lord, it's not about ourselves. It's not about anyone else around us. It's about the Lord. It makes then our marriages stronger as we continue to focus on the Lord, because then we get to be that helpmate to our husbands. And like you said, as we have kiddos, they're watching. They're watching you be this example of submission. And some may not have been raised in a home where they saw it or were with parents who were believers. But if you were, and you're seeing that now in your own marriage, you're realizing like there's little eyes that are watching every move you make, every comment you make. And every, literally just even every facial expression, they're watching, you know, I'm seeing it now with my daughters when they're just kind of like, but mommy, how come? And I'm like, oh, you saw that, you know, or (laughs) not that it was anything towards my husband, but just like, if I'm telling her, I'm like, no chocolate before bedtime. And then here I am sneaking a piece of chocolate. I'm like, how did you even see me? Like, where were you? So if they're seeing us in these little things, right, these silly little chocolate eating before bedtime things, like they're paying attention to everything at all times. And submission really does, because we've talked about it, it's the submitting to authority. Like when we start messing with, we're going to sometimes do it, then you can kind of be like, well, I'm going to sometimes be okay with authority. Sometimes I think I should be the authority. I mean, that's making it very black and white, but that is kind of what we're doing. We're inserting ourselves as the authority instead of our husband or instead of the Lord even. And when you're talking about the kiddos watching, it is a model of do we respect that authority and teaching them that it's actually okay to not be the one that calls the shots all the time. And I would say for moms, you know, I think that's important. I don't have girls, but I would assume that modeling that to girls, that's very important to teach them that because someday, Lord willing, should they be married, then they're going to have that kind of relationship with their husband. But I would also say for if you have boys, letting them see how you respect and submit to their dad 
it does also model how someday they should receive that respect. And and I'm saying, I'm of course, they're watching Chris and how he's leading as well. But to watch what's going to kind of dictate the sort of gals that they may date or marry, like that's going to be a big deal. They're going to have to talk about, hey, are you on board with biblically what the Bible says about this? Because that's going to be a big issue if they're not. So I think that's a really great point on that to how we model it. I try to defer to Gabe for decisions. You know, like if the kids say, mom, can we do this? Can we do this? You know, a lot of times my response will be, well, let's ask daddy. Let's ask daddy, you know? And that's not an excuse to never make decisions. I mean, I'll make little decisions all throughout the day, all the time. But with the big things, it's just to set that example of, well, let's ask daddy because he's the one that's going to make the call. And of course, what I say, it matters and we talk about it, but ultimately it's daddy. Um, and just to to kind of set that example for the kids. And another example to set with the kids is build your husband up in front of them too. So like if he does something for us or I mean, any little thing, you can just say, wow, daddy's pretty awesome, huh? Did you tell daddy thank you for that? Because I think that just sets the tone really well. And not just for your kids too, but just when you're talking with friends, like how are you talking about your husband in front of your friends? How are you talking about your husband in front of your parents or your siblings or whoever else you're talking about? So respecting your husband isn't just when you're talking to him. It's anytime when you're with your friends, when you're with anybody, are you respecting him? (laughs) You know, and that's a a great point in how, um, how do you model submission to other people? Like, do you say things like, well, my husband said, I have to do this. Right. Well, if you say that, don't don't do that. That's not modeling what, and, and let's be serious. That's our own bad attitude coming in there. Um, most cases, the husbands are not going, oh, you must do whatever, you know, but it's because we don't want to do that thing. And we don't. Another thing that I think we could think about a very practical submission is in the area of finances, because I tell Chris often, that we would for real be in financial ruin if that was up to me. And that, I mean, he is a, uh, also, uh, he really processes through things very thoroughly. I don't want to say slowly because sometimes it's not slow, but it is very thorough. And he just checks all the boxes. Whereas I'm a little bit more like, oh, you know, we should probably just get this done. Check, check, check. And I'm not as thorough when it comes to those things. And we used to joke early on because he was so into like making sure our finances were dialed and like the budget and like once a year, it would be a deal. We could have pizza so that we could go through the Excel spreadsheet and do receipts. And it was my least favorite. You sound real excited about oh it. Oh my it gosh, was a sweet guys. memory. It was so bad. I was so bad. But so you can even hear how, can you imagine how awesome my attitude was back then? But the then? pizza helped. Yeah, at least you got pizza. <laughs> I did have to cook that night, you know. But I. But the thing is, is that now we've been married 25 years and I'm like, oh man, if he had not done those things and set good parameters and just been very mindful, just a good steward with what the Lord had given us, left to my devices, gals, it would not have been pretty. And and so it's one of those things that I can see that, wow, I don't think that I nailed submitting to that in attitude, at least early on, even if I did so indeed, I was respectful of the budget, but the attitude sometimes was not always there. And yet still, I've seen how the Lord has blessed our family by his work to do that and us as the kids and and us being respectful of this is what dad has, this is what we're going to do, and coming under that authority and submitting to it has had huge blessing. But I've brought up a couple things because we have talked about that sometimes you can do something, but inside you're kind of like, ooh, I really am not very happy about that. So you got to check your heart on that too. I have a couple things on that. One, I like how you're pointing to, it reminds me of what something we used to say when 
our daughter was much younger, is that you're obeying me with your words, but not with your heart. Yes. <laughs> I feel like the Lord might say that to me quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I'm saying the right words, but my attitude, you know, part of it. The other thing that makes me think about is that you're talking about like budgeting stuff. My husband doesn't have the love of numbers that I do. I love numbers and spreadsheets and calculations. And Amy's agreeing because she knows I get nerdy about the numbers. But <laughs> And I'm blessed by um, your efforts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing for um, us when it comes to the budgeting stuff, I do the different calculations of maybe the day-to-day expenses and those different things. And I'm able to then bring that to my husband and I'm equipping him to then be able to make the decisions to lead our family. And so because... While he doesn't love, you know, maybe the adding and subtracting in those parts, the other part of it, he does want to be the one leading our family and knowing being that provider for our family, how to be a wise steward of what the Lord's given us. And so that's just something that for us in our marriage, that's how budgeting looks a little bit different because if it all sat on him, he wouldn't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And so I love that I can support him where he wants it. And then then we can go from there and be able to submit to what he then makes, you know, with those bigger decisions of where the money goes and not, you know, just going on frivolous vacations all the time or something that, you know, weekly spa treatments that maybe I'd want. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the way you handle finances is a good way of respecting his time too, because time is money, right? Like he worked hard for that money and we don't want to, to waste that. And also if you do bring in an income too, because we can also talk about two income households here, when you're spending money, consider, is this the best way to spend the money that we've earned? Is this purchase a good investment for our family? Gabe and I have a budget that we're careful to follow too. And we decide together how we're going to save and spend and invest. But there's usually a few big projects that are like always on the horizon that we want to work on, right? But I always try to defer to him on which one are we going to tackle first? And I, I have my own opinions. We talk about it. We have really good discussions. But ultimately, and like in my heart too, I just want to defer to him on that. Which which one do you think is the most important? Okay, awesome. Let's do it. Let's tackle it. And I'm also a numbers person. Like I love accounting stuff and finances and all that, but I still want to defer to him to make that final call. And I will also try to prepare like, these are reasons why I think this is good, reasons why I think this is good, but whatever, whatever you decide, we will go with and, and just be okay with that. I love that. And I'm also detecting that Amber is way better at this than I, because sometimes I can be real good at presenting, Chris calls them presenting him with non-options. Um, <laughs> where, <great>. yeah, <laughs> where you go, well, you could do this, which would be a really terrible choice, but you could do that. Or there's this over here, which is an amazing decision, you know, and, but, whatever, no but whatever you choose. I mean, it's completely up to you. That's, That's another funny. thing. You got to kind of check, you know, and I'm not saying all this to, yes, obviously I'm doing an awesome job of exposing that AIM does not have this nailed, but I'm also not saying it to like, I don't want anybody to feel beat up with this because I'm sure we could all sit here and just recount all the things that we have not done right or wish we had done differently. But we've also brought up several times prayer, prayer, prayer. None of this is possible without coming to the Lord, seeking the Lord, asking Him to give you the right heart, the right words, the right way of thinking about those things. And the cool thing is, is, I mean, that is there for the asking. I mean, you ask the Lord to work in your own heart and change your mind. And, you know, maybe you're, if you have like just a really bad attitude about your husband or a decision he's made, the best advice people always say it, but it's true. Pray for your husband. 
you should just all, I mean, that is in the context of literally everything in marriage, whether we're talking about respect or submission, pray for your husband, man, the Lord will give you his heart and mind for him and the one that you should be having as well. And that's just a work that he does. It's amazing. And then with that, if you guys are praying about something and then it ends up just not going well, let's say, right? The way that you respond to your husband also shows if your heart was truly submitting out of love and peace type of thing, or if you were already bitter in your heart about the decision. So if it like just goes downhill and you're like, see, I told you, like that doesn't help the situation at all. But if it goes south and you're like, all right, well, the Lord will cover us and he'll guide us and let's just continue in prayer. I think that's really helpful also in knowing that from the beginning, when you submit, it trickles down to whatever the result ends up being, whether it's a good one or a bad one. And then the way that you respond, you're still submitting to your husband and you're not like, well, I submitted, but then it went bad and now I'm mad or upset or whatever, fearful, and this is how I'm going to react. So it's kind of reminding you that your heart, the way that your heart is feeling, it will come out. The Bible verse is, is escaping me, maybe you guys know, but the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So eventually what you're feeling in your heart your mouth will speak it. So just making sure that your heart from the very beginning, from whatever the decision or scenario is, is truly submitting out of joy and love for your husband. I think one of the things I've had to learn very hard is the times that I haven't chosen to submit and I've just pushed forward and I've done it my own way. The times that when I've realized that and come back to my husband and apologized and just said, okay, I messed up. Like, I'm sorry. I did not respect you. I did not submit in this. And it usually bombed. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure every time, you know, and because that's just the, like the Lord wants a beautiful picture for you and your husband. And so being able to eat that humble pie and just be quick to go and go, man, I did not. I want to learn from this. And just that's something that you would do in any friendship, I think. Like if you wronged the other person, you would go and you would ask for forgiveness. We should be doing that same thing and allowing if there's kiddos in the home for them to see that too, because it's one more model of like giving that submission going, I would like to submit a humble heart before my husband of how I messed up. And there's just so many things to be learned in doing that. Like you're teaching your kiddos then how to be quick to forgive. And how to just be kind in any situation, even if it is a bad one and you realize like, man, I bombed bad, but let me, let me just go before my husband and apologize and let the kiddos see it. And then they will model that out with time. Oh, saying sorry is so hard. I Oh man, <laughs> you could even ask Gabe. I'm pretty sure the first good chunk of our marriage, I just did not say I'm sorry very often. <laughs> I, but now, I mean, after 20 years, you'd hope I'd be a little bit better at that, right? But I think now just with, I don't know, just more life. Like you see how I see how often I mess up. Like I need to say, I'm sorry. And it's, and it's a lot, it comes out of my mouth a lot easier now. Like, oh, that was totally my fault. I am sorry. You know, but that's something that, that is hard to do. Nobody really likes to, to apologize, but, but it's important. It's important to show your kids and I'm with you. The dying to self, right? It is really hard and it doesn't almost, it almost doesn't matter what you're talking about. Nobody likes to be wrong. Nobody likes to be wrong. And, but we're all going to be wrong. I mean, that's, let's just get that little spoiler out of the way and just accept that that's the way it's going to be sometimes. I think it's also important to remember that you're on the same team. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little bit competitive. So it's important to remember that you are on the same team, right? So early on in our marriage, when Gabe 
he, before I was at Athey, he was in insurance and he traveled a lot. And I had little kids at home. I was up all night with crying babies and he was traveling the world. I mean, but in reality, he's at these like boring conferences, awkward social situations. It was not actually very cool at all for him, but I'm just sitting at home going, oh, he gets to travel. And I was just jealous and frustrated, but just realizing that, you know what? It's not a competition and it's not whose job is harder, whose is more exciting. We're on the same team. Our goal is to honor the Lord and raise our family together. And our roles are just a little bit, okay, a lot different, but we're on the same team. And I don't know about you guys, but I need that a lot because I'm just naturally competitive. So I love how Ephesians 5, that section begins with the submit one to another thing, because it, it does put us in a place where there is a mutual just coming together and not being on separate sides, not keeping score. I was even thinking that when you were saying the things about apology or coming, because we can even be like, well, okay, I apologize, but he didn't apologize last time when he did this and this. And that's, again, that's the heart. Well, why are you coming to ask for forgiveness? There is no taking score in this, but there is a one to another kind of thing. And then just realizing too, that it's not like when you're reading that passage in Ephesians 5, the Lord is not just asking you to do something. He's also asking the husband to do something. So right after that, he's asking the husband to love his wife. So you're both being asked something of each other. So it's not just a one-way street. So a lot of, I've, I've heard this before where women are like, well, he doesn't deserve to be respected or he doesn't deserve for me to be submissive because of how he's, it's like the Lord's not asking you if your husband deserves it, then submit to him. He's telling you right here, wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord. Yeah. That's it. And we're done and we can go home. You know what yeah, I mean? Like it's, I know. It's, and, and it's why we even talked at the beginning of this on the why, because I think that's why it's so important that we do keep the picture that this is as Christ is the head of the church. So the husband is the head of the wife. And like I said, that's just not a picture we can mess with. That's not an option. So if that is what how God has created marriage as this beautiful picture of his relationship with his church, okay, we actually should be doing our best to preserve that image in its purest form, not trying to figure out how we can tweak it a little bit so that, well, I really, I know better in this or, you know, man, that's just garbage. We got to get rid of that. Because if you think about it, we, we all don't deserve anything. We don't deserve anything. So it's not about him deserving respect and being submitted to. It reminds me uh, in the scripture of when talking about that it's a picture of Christ and Moses and the rock, right? And like the Lord totally calls him on it and is like, you messed up the picture. Like for that rock, which was Christ, for Moses to say, must we fetch the water and go to smote the rock again? That misrepresented the picture that the Lord was giving to the world. And so we want, I mean, obviously that's a big deal. So we want to make sure when it comes to marriage, the Lord has put this picture together. We don't want to be hitting a rock thinking that we're trying to like do it again when Christ is the one that has set the perfect example and we just want to represent him well. I do wonder if we even really give submission and these sometimes the different roles that we talk about within marriage, do we really give it the weight that we should? 
I love getting to talk about these practical things because I do think we need to take away some of the mystery or some of the like, that just sounds like super spiritual if a wife actually knows how to do that. I think that's great. But I also think in the background, there needs to be kind of a gravitas to this. I love that you brought that picture with Moses because that consequence there actually cost him going into the promised land. That was huge, huge. So the Lord is serious about these things. And that's not to impose upon us like a spirit of fear or anything like that. But it is to hopefully give us a really like a kind of a weighty picture of it. And it should be taken seriously. We should actually think about each of our own individual marriages. Think about your day today. Think about your interactions with your husband, what you guys are talking about right now. How are you submitting? How are you respecting him? How are you coming under his authority? Because there's a lot of noise out there of the world telling you like, don't, you're independent, you're strong, you don't need to. But it's like when you love the Lord first and foremost, and you're in the word, it's something that you want to, and you get to do it. Like we get to submit to our husbands and show them that we love them and respect them by doing so. Even with all that noise out there that's telling you like, well, if you're doing that, then you're weak or you, whatever they may say. It's just one of those things and realize like, this is a get to, we get to submit to our husbands and practice this out daily. And we're choosing because, to, right? Yeah, because the, the word asks us to, and we love the Lord. Again, the big picture, it's all about the Lord. Well, we're going to start um, wrapping up, but one of the things that I have just been noticing sitting here with you three lovely ladies is that it is so, it's so edifying. It's so sharpening even to be with sisters in Christ who likewise are trying to do the things that the word is saying, submit to their husbands and really follow God's word as closely as possible. And so like when you were saying, Jessica, that there's just a lot of noise, I think we need to be careful about the relationships we have. And we need to be careful about, are we actually in fellowship with other believers? Are you plugging in with other gals that are they saying things of like, you deserve fill in the blank? Or are they saying, are you praying for your husband? when that attitude is kind of struggling and all of that kind of stuff, because this is this is the kind of group that you want to be in as we walk through these, as we mess up, as we have successes, as we want to pray for each other and for each other's husbands even. But finding that kind of group, I think, is really important too. Yeah. Like this passage comes to mind, Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. It says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because of the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm -hmm. So there's an example of submitting to one another there too. Like, who are you, like you said, who are you surrounding yourself with? Is it other women who are going to bash their husbands at the first little thing that they do that they don't agree with? Or are they women who are going to speak into your life and teach you how to love and respect and submit to your husband? Like there's an amazing group of women at church, the the counseling team, that they would be happy to meet with you and just chat with you about what this looks like, no matter what stage of life you're in. And these women have lots of wisdom, but it, ultimately they love the Lord. So they're ready to open up the Bible and to teach it and share it with whoever's willing to listen. 
Well, and like it said there at the beginning of that verse, look carefully how you walk. We talk about this often because these days are most certainly evil. I don't have to convince anybody of that. And I think the call on wives, on women is a, it's definitely not more important than the one on men. That's the whole point that Lord, we are equal image bearers of God, but it is a big role. And when we are not really embracing what the Lord has called us to be, and part of this, as we've been talking about in the context of this, is submitting in your marriages, we are falling down on the job. And there's just no time for that. So gals, thank you so much for doing this. We just might have to do this again sometime. This is fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.